Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be the most productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to my next live training on Friday, August 14th at noon Eastern. We're going to be talking about technology and your productivity. To register, click the link in the show notes or click the banner at the top of my page at mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, Mr productivity.com. On the show today, Brenda Meller. She is a self-proclaimed ambassador of LinkedIn, and we're going to talk about some mistakes that you're probably making on LinkedIn. We're also going to talk about how to do DMs the right way, the problem with automation, fake accounts, and so much more. An incredible interview with Brenda Meller. Brenda, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. It's great to chat with you today. Yes, and I'm glad you're on the show because I've been having a lot of people over the last couple months talking about LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn, and you are a self-proclaimed ambassador of LinkedIn, so you love LinkedIn too. And I, like you, see a lot of people doing things wrong on LinkedIn. We're going to talk a lot about that. But before we get started, why don't you put you put us put you in the context? Yeah, triple one on words, but I don't apologize for that. It's who I am? Who are you, and what do you do? So we can put that in the context of the listener. Sure. Awesome. And thank you so much for, for having me on. Really looking forward to the conversation today. So my background is I've been a marketer my entire career up until about three years ago. I worked for companies um, handling their marketing, whether it was corporate or agency side. And my last role, I kind of rose up through the ranks, you know, from marketing manager up to leading the organization in, in the marketing efforts. And also at that time, social media was kind of rising. And and I, I found my last position using LinkedIn. Um, it was at the height of the last recession in 2008. And I just discovered this was going to change the market. And I leaned into it. And when I started my job and told people the story about finding the job through LinkedIn, um, they started saying, hey, this is kind of neat. And by the way, we need help understanding social media. Can you help us understand it? And it was both within the organization I was working for, but others outside of the group. And um, I had to kind of embrace all the social platforms, but LinkedIn was really my, my number one. Just really had a knack for it, for understanding how to use it as a marketer, as a job seeker, as a hiring manager searching for candidates, and then as a company representative and as a leadership representative. And, um, you know, one day I was kind of, I, I was already kind of at the point where I was thinking about where I would go next with my career, but um, the universe nudged me forward. I had an opportunity to kind of figure out where I was going to go next. And as I was interviewing for positions, People started approaching me and saying, hey, Brenda, since you have some time now, can you help me with my LinkedIn profile? And since you have some time, can you help us with social media management? And, and I started realizing, gosh, I, I wonder if I put enough of this together and just created my own consulting business. And then I don't have to work for anybody anymore. I can work for myself. And fast forward to three years, Mark, um, that's where I am today, where I have uh, I run my own company, Meller Marketing, where I help people and businesses unlock the power of LinkedIn. And I am having an absolute blast. That's important because so many people are, I, I always reference the uh, Dunkin' Donuts commercial from the 80s, you know, time to make the donuts. But, you know, you can either say time to make the donuts or I get to make the donuts today. You're doing the same yeah. thing, but you should be excited about it. And uh, the first question that popped in my mind as you were talking there is I look at there's LinkedIn and then on the other side, there's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and all these, and TikTok and all that other stuff. What makes LinkedIn so different than any other platform out there in your opinion? 
Uh, well, there's a lot of social media out there and, and they all have a little bit of a different personality and you know, the types of people that it attracts and the type of activities that occur on the platform. LinkedIn is different because it is purely professional. So uh, the, the focus of LinkedIn is everything kind of related, related to business and professions and careers and job seekers are a part of that. But LinkedIn is actually used more by working professionals for online branding, for networking, for business development, for lead generation, than it is used by job seekers. So when I think about LinkedIn compared to all the other platforms, the other platforms are heavily social, whereas LinkedIn is purely professional. And every now and again, you do see some social elements kind of slide in there. Well, people make mistakes on LinkedIn. You see them all the time. I see them all the time. And the number one thing, I'd like to know what some of your thoughts are on this, but the number one thing I see is people using a cropped picture for their profile, or even worse, some people don't even have a profile picture, which I know is a big no-no. I've heard you talk about it on mm -hmm. LinkedIn as well. You know, with cameras today, if you got like a nice iPhone, you could take a really nice headshot with your camera and upload it. But these these cropped, you can tell they're cropped headshots because yeah. they, they look awkward. So what are some other mistakes people are making that is not helping uh, LinkedIn, is not mm -hmm. helping them because their profile is not set up correctly? And I think what you're referring to, Mark, is the crop photo, like where it's like somebody at a wedding and you've got like an arm that's like cropped out of the photo or things yes. like that. I mean, when I think about the headshot photo, and I'm going to I'm going to give you like some pointers on your profile as we're going along here too. Uh -oh. your headshot photo should be your headshot and your face from the top of your head. If you were to put a hand on the top of your head to the bottom of your chin, that should be about 50 to 60 percent of the circle. Mm -hmm. Why that is important is because when you think about people who are using LinkedIn, about 50% of people are actually using LinkedIn on the app, the mobile app. Mm -hmm. So when you look at your activity stream on the mobile app, look at headshot photos and look how tiny they are. So if you're if you're further zoomed back where it's like from your head to your waist, we can barely see you on mobile. You're like a little pinpoint dot. The more zoomed in you are, the more approachable, the more important, the more impressive you seem. So it's a it's a bit of a um, a little bit of a marketing and psychology technique to have a zoomed in photo so we can actually see your face. Uh, aside from that, you know, like you said, not not having or having a crap photo or ha not having a photo at all, a picture of your logo or the gray avatar. Um, many people, myself included, will not accept invitations from you if we can't see your face. And, you know, I do the courtesy. I'll reply back to people and I'll let them know I'm like happy to in in accept your invitation, but I don't accept without a photo on your account. Here are the links to, to upload one. But this is like the first impression people have of you from a professional perspective. So is that the impression you're trying to create? You know, not a picture of you in your in the your car with the back seat in the background or your kitchen with <laughs> ugly wallpaper. You know, we want to make the best first impression and, and investing in a professional photograph is really worth it on your profile. And so you're suggesting I should zoom in on my headshot then? Yes, okay. I, I would. And you can actually, you don't have to upload a new photo, Mark. You can actually just click on that little pencil icon and then there's a zoom sliding mm -hmm. tool. And when you go into there, there's a grid of nine squares. What I would do is uh, line up the top of your head to the top square and then the bottom of your chin to the middle of the, the second or the bottom of the second square in there. And that would take your face to 50 to 60 percent of the circle. I like my photo. I, I just you I have like... a great photo. I love your photo. <laughs> but um, if you want to have the full headshot, you know, or from head to waist, then put that in your header image in the background. Your headshot photo space should really be your face and maybe just a little glimpse of your shoulders. It really, because of the fact that we're looking at a lot of these profiles on mobile. And even if it's not on mobile, when we're, most people aren't looking at your photo on your, 
profile. They're looking at you in the activity view. And again, this is really small and tiny like it is on the mobile device. And speaking of the mobile app, I got to say one thing. I think that LinkedIn is not 100% mobile first. Uh, Instagram was the first app that was mobile first and Facebook is trying to catch up. I think LinkedIn is sort of mobile first and sort of desktop first. For example, on the desktop, when you click click that connect button, it prompts you to leave a note. On the mobile, you got to hit the three dots. So I think the two teams, the desktop and the mobile team, got to get together because I think if you hit connect on the mobile, it should prompt you for a note. So maybe that's something they'll come up with in the future. So no, you raise a really good point, Mark. I think LinkedIn was originally designed for desktop and they're kind of trying to retrofit on the back end of, of mobile and trying to make things work. And, you know, even when I do training, um, not all the things are where they should be on mobile and not everything is there. You get probably 90% of the experience if that on mobile, you get, you know, there are some additional features you get on mobile that you don't get on desktop. Mm. And obviously the convenience of having your phone without having to go into your laptop is much easier. But yeah, there are little things, like you said, the invitation feature where you have to know to click on the more and go to the free dots and, and to be able to access those things. So they're not making it easy, but I guess that's why people like me have a job, right? Because we can help people navigate and, you know, unlock the power of it and figure it, figure out how to use it most effectively. Yeah. And another thing I don't like about LinkedIn, and they're, they're really innovating. I think that they are coming out with too many things too quickly. I mean, I had to wait 18 months to get native video and then I got polls right away. LinkedIn Live, I had to apply five times and I wow. finally got LinkedIn Live, which is interesting because they say we don't do same day approval of LinkedIn Live. But when yeah. I approved, when I applied for the fifth time, whoever's inbox it landed to must have been their birthday. They got a donut or something. I got approved within the hour. I'm like, wow. what just happened? But apparently they must have made a mistake, but I got it live and I think it's cool. So I, I think LinkedIn's doing a lot of things well, but I think they're trying to do so much. I, I don't, uh, LinkedIn Live's been in the pilot program for 19 months. And Mark Zuckerberg, as much as I don't like Mark, not that I know him, but he's like, you come up and think like Facebook Live, they say, well, six months, because I want it done in a month. And they just push it out and they, they deal with the problems later. LinkedIn is just like rolling these out so slow. And I know people with a million followers who have LinkedIn Live don't use it. I know people who have 3,000 followers who'd love it and can't get it. And so I don't know how they're approving it at this time, but I guess we just have to be patient, which is not my biggest strength, being patient. <laughs> No, you raise a good point. I applied three times to LinkedIn Live, and I, the first time I got the you probably uh, you you didn't get any of the notes, but the first time I got the thanks, don't call us, we'll let you know, we'll call you kind of thing. And then the second time they didn't tell me anything, and then the third time it's like I just got it all of a sudden. But I think what what is happening with LinkedIn Live is they're trying to be very selective about who gets access. They're trying to create kind of like remember when the Apple iPhone first came out and you couldn't get it anywhere and it yes. created that demand. It's the same. I think they're doing the same thing there. And then for whatever reason, they're trying to protect what goes live on the network, which is crazy because anybody can put any video they want on LinkedIn. So they're yes. not really protecting content, but, um, and, it, and it's an access. And in the beginning, I remember I had people approaching me, pitching me saying, Hey, pay $2,500 and we'll get you access to LinkedIn live in the software. And I'm like, pay you? No, I'm not going to pay you. Um, but I, I think there's, there's something to be said with, they're trying to create demand but they've created a process they can't keep up with, with mm. I think 706 million members on the platform <laughs> and a lot of them trying to apply for LinkedIn Live. And then they've got to have people going through these applications and approving them. 
and they're not monetizing it. You know, mm-hmm. they don't make more money by adding you or me in. We're, we can use the free version, the basic version of LinkedIn to do it. So I think they've created hurdles for themselves in creating this quality approval process. What I did hear, Mark, over the summer is that they weren't approving anybody anymore unless it was related to COVID. So I think there's probably some type of a triage uh, approval system they have in place. Things that are relevant, and they probably have certain categories earmarked. So I don't think it was just you got lucky. I think it was the topic. And my guess is you probably said I'm talking about productivity, right? Yes, I did. So you probably picked productivity, and they probably did a scan or maybe they had an algorithm saying, okay, algorithm is ranking productivity high. This would be a topic that would do well on the platform. Okay. That's my guess. And and I know what I heard was COVID. Anybody who's going to talk about anything related to COVID or, you know, the economics of what's happening with the world right now, we're getting approved pretty quick. So I think you probably fell into a category that they, they had earmarked for pre-approval is my guess. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website, MrProductivity.com for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. What I think is interesting is they don't want you to talk about LinkedIn LinkedIn. on LinkedIn Live, which why do you know why that is? It sounds Uh, weird. My my philosophy, and I have no way of kind of backing this up, is um, they are the experts in LinkedIn. They are the experts. Okay. You and I are not the experts in <laughs> We're LinkedIn. We're the users. They created the sandbox. <laughs> they filled it with the sand and they decide which toys go in and out of there and which kids are allowed <laughs> into the park and which kids get kicked out of the park. And it's not like a how dare you say you're better at LinkedIn. But I, I mean, I've actually had conversations with people at LinkedIn and um, they they know of they know of us LinkedIn trainers and coaches and and I was disclosed I don't work for LinkedIn I don't work for Microsoft this is based on my own experience I've I've heard some of my counterparts get their hands slapped when they have LinkedIn in their company name and the legal comes after them so I don't oh, have wow. that but I think it's a bit of a um, an ownership pride I don't know uh, it's it's crazy because they know we exist you know they know we actually help to support the platform by helping yes. people use it more effectively. But my only guess is um, they want to keep those coveted LinkedIn expert spots for the people who work for LinkedIn, um, which is kind of funny because if you've ever seen them, um, they're they're young. They're young kids. This is what I look at them like they're talking about LinkedIn and they, I'm like, they weren't even born when I graduated college, you know, like, and I know like the new generation coming up, they came up with phone in hand and they understand the technology, but it's the, it's the life experience, the industry experience, the depth of knowledge that you bring into the platform, it's not just the technical, um, because it's not just a technical platform. It's you, you're not going to be successful on it if you just understand where all the buttons and tools are. You really have to understand people hmm. and audiences and what resonates and what's not. I mean, that, that's that's life experience. You can't just game the system and become viral. I guess. Right. So let's go back to mistakes people make on LinkedIn. Um, mm-hmm. Another mistake I see people making all the time is they think it's Facebook. They're showing, yeah. sharing vacation pictures and stuff like that. So you can either expand on that or give us another mistake you see people making on LinkedIn every day. Yeah. And I think the people that are kind of doing that, they're, 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 they're gimmicky, you know, uh, so to speak. And they're trying to put out photos that are getting engagement. Hmm. Um, and my guess is what they did prior to doing that was, was the wrong thing to do too, which was probably putting out a lot of sales messages about their company and they got no engagement. So I mean, ultimately, the measure of success on LinkedIn is it is it doing what you you are 
intending it to do for your business? Is it generating leads? Is it building up your brand visibility? Is it leading to more speaking engagements or client, whatever, finding a job? That's the measure of success. But we also get a little bit of a thrill from getting those likes and reactions and comments. Mm. So if they're not getting those with the sales pitches and then they change and one day they post a picture of their kids on Halloween and people are like, wow, that's cool, you know, because it is cool. It's kind of cool to see real people and families and stuff like that. And then the, and they post another photo and it's like what they made for breakfast that morning, which is a <laughs> Facebook type of a post or whatever. And um, that gets a lot of engagement. And then they start to kind of be attuned to, OK, all I'm going to do is Facebook like posts. And, you know, by the way, this person is probably in these categories, you know, financial advisor, um, real estate. Um, insurance, you know, those industries which are a little bit more dry. Um, no offense, I have friends that work in those <laughs> industries, but no offense. Um, but people tend to stay stay away from their profiles. But when you put more of these gimmicky types of posts in there, what happens is you get a certain percentage of people that after reading the post and liking your kids' Halloween photos or your beautiful omelet that you made, they'll click to go to your profile. And now when they click to go to your profile, they're more receptive to whatever that message is selling mortgages, selling insurance, selling financial services. So you got them to do what you wanted them to do. But there's a there's a stepped process that you got to get them there. Let's talk about the do's and don'ts for DMing people. We've all mm-hmm. got what I call the Ernest Hemingway novel of a DM, mm-hmm. which is like it it, you have to scroll and scroll and scroll and nobody reads those. I don't know why people send them out. No one reads them. They usually have like anywhere from three to eight links in there. And it's yeah. like, I'm, sometimes if I'm in a, a weird mood, I'll say, does anyone ever reply to these other than say, why did you send these? So walk yeah. us through, well, how do you recommend we DM people? Short and sweet. Okay. <laughs> so to say, um, we don't we don't have time to read through long messages. We don't trust you yet. I mean, I'm looking at one right now is pushed to me through Sales Navigator, and I think this is a template that somebody is selling because it's almost identical to every other one I've seen. It's <laughs> it's titled "Staying Connected During These Uncertain Times." I mean, I feel like there's a template that a pack of these that people sell, <laughs> and they start with the whole "Hey, let's stay connected because times are crazy right now." And then they move right into their sales pitch and then an overview of their organization, followed by, to your point, you know, three different links. Here's a Calendly. Here's my <laughs> PDF. Here's my link to the website. Um, and it's it's too heavy. And it's kind of like I think about, you know, let's think about kids playing outside in the summer. So my daughter um, meets a new friend in the neighborhood. And what does she do? They're both kids. So the, what do they do? Hi, my name's Charlotte. What's your name? You know, Narlene. Okay, that's it. And then they walk <laughs> away. And then a couple of days go by and they see each other again. How old are you? Nine. How old are you? Six. Okay. And then they go around on their bikes and then they ignore each other. And then a couple of days they come back and then they might start a little conversation. But they what they've done is they started short and sweet and they're building up trust. Um, oh, that's Narlene. She's six. You know, and then the third conversation they have, they might actually get into a conversation about sidewalk talk or what school do you go to? And and now they're more open and receptive because they built up that trust. I mean, adults, we're not too much different. Right. right. If I um, approach you on LinkedIn and I and I start with a sales pitch, I'm going to scare you away. Yep. Um, but if I start with a hey, Mark, I looked at your profile, looks like you're doing some amazing things with your podcast. I love your inspirational approach. Let's connect on LinkedIn. I start with a slow approach and then you accept it. And then I message back with something a little more and maybe tell you about myself at that point. Then you might be more receptive as opposed to like pushing it all out at once. And like if the neighbor girl were to do that to my daughter, first time we meet, Hey, my name's Marlene. I'm six. I'm going to your school in the fall. I'm having a sleepover. Do you want to come over on Saturday? <laughs> my daughter would like be running as fast as she could away from this girl. You know, it's the same thing. We need to build up trust slowly. 
That's a very good analogy, a very good analogy. And hopefully people who do that will hear your analogy because it's incredibly powerful the way you explained it. And it's I don't care what age you are. I mean, you walk into <laughs> Starbucks, you don't vomit over all over someone. You say, hey, how's it going? Yeah, what kind of coffee? Are you gonna? I mean, really simple stuff. And yeah. and so what I try to do it now, I read an article. And it said that, you know, I'm really fascinated by the study of DMs. And they say, um, who is it? It might, it might have been Bryn Tillman that actually yeah. did this. And she said if she asked yeah. them for a link or if she just give the link, she'd get more traction. So I actually changed my DM and I offer also offer value. So when I'm thanking someone for connecting with me, I say, it's great to meet you. Hope you have an awesome day. I said, here's some more resources. And I got a link to give them to because mm-hmm. she did the research. And I'm always, and it's not cast in stone. I'm always learning from people like you and Bryn yeah. and, and John Asperian and stuff like that and just say, okay, what are they doing? Let me, let me try to tweak mine a little bit, not copy, but tweak it. And, and my results are going to be different from your results. I don't think there's a magic formula that's going to work, but you got to mm-hmm. figure out what works for you. What resonates with you? Because you do, you can't put a round, round peg in a square hole. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got to figure out what works for you. And so, but I agree with you. It's got to be short and sweet. No one's, right. especially they don't know you. They're not going to read this long message. And I no. think I've gotten that DM once that it was a template. And I'm like, really? And then staying it, connected during these answers. <laughs> I mean, it's it seriously, it's like, I don't know if, if there, it reminds me a little bit of like all the emails that the companies were sending out about COVID when COVID first started hitting, you know, mm-hmm. um, we're concerned for our communities and our employees. Everybody was using the same yeah. basic template message, yeah. but I, I just think about, I, I like the fact that people use messages, but I want to know that you actually took a little bit of time to read my profile. And, and you know, what's irritating sometimes too, and other things people do wrong, Mark, is when you get an automated message from someone and they're pitching you on your business and they, and they say something like, let's have a conversation so I can learn more about you and figure out if you're a good fit for what I have to sell. And I'm like, really, you were so lazy, you couldn't even look at my profile. (laughs) And now you want to sell me you want to you want me to tell you about me to figure out whether what you're selling is a good fit. (laughs) Yeah, I met one guy who uses automation heavily on LinkedIn. And the problem is everyone every once in a while, it, it like, it misbehaves and I'll get him DM from him saying, Hey, oh, yeah. I found your profile. Like to talk. And I'm like, we've already talked like seven times. Oh, oh yeah, my automation went crazy. I'm like, no embarrassing yet is when you send yeah. messages to people and you've already have an ongoing conversation with them. And yeah. so I don't use automation myself. Everything that's done mm-hmm. on the profile, I do it myself. I heard, I don't know this for sure. Maybe, you know, that LinkedIn yeah. doesn't want you to use automation. They want you Correct. to be live on the profile. Is that what you've heard? That is correct. And they actually do uh, look through and they're identifying all these LinkedIn helper tools, the automated tools and things like that that are out there. And they have figured out the code for a few of them. And, and it's actually a violation of the terms of service to use any automated services for your LinkedIn accounts. And I've actually had a couple of people reach out to me when they they get in LinkedIn jail. And I'm kind of doing air quotes with my fingers right now. LinkedIn jail, the place that LinkedIn throws you when they freeze up their account your account until, you know, usually they slap your wrist and they say you're penalized, you're in timeout for so long before you get back into the account. Wow. Um, if you keep doing it, eventually they're going to say you can't send out any invitations anymore because we've told you you can't do this. You're violating our terms of service. But I did have a post recently where somebody was using an automated tool and there was a hiccup and it said, dear, uh, I think it was like, percentage point, percentage mark, first name, percentage mark at the end of it. And it was like, obviously their template didn't sync up with LinkedIn. 
So I, I grabbed a screen capture of it um, and I, I, I blocked out the person's information, but I'm showing you like, well, this is awkward. And they yeah, had, I commented on that post because I said, yeah. thank you, uh, percent sign, percent sign, you know, so yeah. Yes, I, first name. <laughs> and, I, and I replied back and I said, thank you for your response, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, valued first level connection. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I mean, it, it looks it looks fake. It feels fake. Um, we can tell from a mile away that you haven't done any effort. And you're actually, um, even though you might be feeling like I'm getting the volume of, of users accepting these invitations that I'm using with the automated tools, the quality is pretty low. Because anybody who doesn't care that this is an automated response that they're just clicking on accept, how good of an invitation is that going to be? How, how good of a connection is that going to be for you? Absolutely. Let's talk about fake accounts because mm-hmm. there is, I heard uh, said Jeff, Jeff, Young, Jeff Young, who gave me the title, yeah. Mr. Productivity, um, you know, he's got to be careful with fake accounts. And I used to like, connect with everyone unless you were in cryptocurrency or Bitcoin. And <laughs> and I would connect, I was like an open networker, but then I get like, this person's got four people, this person's got nine and say, well, those are probably fake accounts. But I'm thinking we all started with one. We all started with yeah. two. So how do you, Brenda, how do you determine if, let's say they got a profile picture and yeah. they've got their country on there and they've got like a job title on there, but they don't have a lot of connections and we all started from zero. How do you mm-hmm. determine if, if it's a fake account or a real account? Well, here's what I think about when you first get active on a social uh, platform, almost think about like co-centric circles, you're in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then the the first layer, layer out is probably people that you know fairly well. Um, it's your family. And I'm going to use Facebook first. So when you first get on Facebook, you invite family and friends and your high school people and you know, all that. and then you start bridging out more and more people that maybe you've met or maybe you haven't met. It's the same way on LinkedIn. When you first get active on the platform, you should really be focusing on connecting only with people that you know very well. And that should easily get you from zero to 100. Okay. Um, you know, think about all the business cards you've collected all the year, over the years, the people that you've worked with, the vendors, the clients, you can get to 100 people pretty easily. That's going to help to eliminate the person with four or five or nine connections because it, it shows that you are, at least when you get to 100, I'm like, okay, yeah, they're starting to your point, Mike. Yeah, everybody has to start somewhere. But if you send out an invitation and you've got like one connection on your account, yeah. like you you can't even find 10 people that know you <laughs> to accept your invitation before reaching out to me, somebody who, do, who doesn't know you at all. Right. Um, and that is a sign. I mean, I'm going to echo Jeff's, Jeff's sentiment. That is a sign of a fake account. Like, why would they be just targeting people they don't know? You really should be focusing on targeting the people you do know as you build out your profile, because then it doesn't look so spammy. That's a good point. Uh, next question I have for you is I'm interested in your opinion about the types of content. So mm-hmm. are you familiar with uh, Chris Cubby Kubernetes? Mm, I'm not sure. He's American. I think he lives in Denmark. He did a post a couple days ago where he mm-hmm. did an extensive testing and mm-hmm. he did text only, text with image, video and live. And he found out unbelievably that text gives him the best read, followed by text with image, followed by video, followed by live. And, and I think it depends on the person. Matter of fact, I heard uh, Gary Vaynerchuk talk uh, on a video early this year. He says the algorithm for any social media site is not based on the person posting, but mm-hmm. on the person consuming. So your algorithm is going to be different than mine. Yeah. Now, for me, video works well. I hate video, by the way. I hate watching video, but I get more views on video. And so mm-hmm. I think it depends on the person. So what I try to do is I mix it up. Sometimes I do text, sometimes text with image, sometimes video, sometimes live, and I mix it up. But some people say, oh, it's only text or only video. What are your thoughts on that? 
I think one size does not fit all. I think it really is. You have to think about every one of us has a slightly different target audience. Even if we do the same thing, Mm -hmm. our geography may be a little bit different. The needs of our customers may be a little bit different. And Variety is the spice of life. If I only do text messages, all text only messages all the time, my audience is going to get bored with it. If I only do video, and there's somebody locally in my market here who only was doing video, and I would hear people complain, all I see is video from this person. He doesn't ever do anything else. And I'm like, well, I actually like the video, but you know, that person, they didn't like the video. And if you only see the person ever putting inspirational quotes out there, you know, and they never have any meaty content, you know, anything that's really substantial, business insights, things like that. Um, I think it's really a variety approach. I think you do have to figure out what works best for you. But even then, even if I love pie, which I do, Mark, I love pie, I'm not (laughs) only going to eat pie 24 hours a day. I have to have some fruits and vegetables. I have to have some protein. I have to kind of mix things up so that I can enjoy the pie when I get a slice in front of me. <laughs> Let me let's go back to DMs because I thought when you were talking there uh, made me think of this. What do you think about these voice DMs? I know some people hate them. Some people love them because it gives a human element. What's your thoughts on them? I, I personally, I've not used them. I've been the recipient of some of them. I, I mean, everybody has a different preference too, right, Mark, with how, uh-huh. how, how we prefer to communicate with yeah. people. I prefer to text or just to type in a quick message to people. And, and, and sometimes I'll admit, I'll use the voice to text. And then you, you, you correct the words that, you know, the, the voice doesn't capture correctly. Some people like it because it's the ease of convenience. Um, for me, I kind of like, sometimes I get annoyed that they're, they were, I'll message them and then they'll reply back with a voice and we'll go back and forth. And every time they do it is in a voice. So like, I, I would say as a marketer, think about your audience, you know, Mm -hmm. while you may prefer voice messages, if you're sending to them, and the only thing they're replying back is with a a text message, it might say, hey, they don't, they don't like to do that. Um, And for me, I had, there's this one person he had message, and eventually I had to stop communicating with him, because I don't like to do the voice messages, and he wasn't listening. And I wasn't saying, hey, I don't like the voice messages, but I was only replying with it. So I think, pay attention to your audience. Um, Try it. You may like it. <laughs> you remember Mikey like yep. from Life Serial? <laughs> Try it. You may like it. Um, but again, I wouldn't, uh, you got to like really kind of pay attention to your audience. Are you getting a positive response from those? And then even try like text versus voice. Are you getting more of a response from one versus another? Um, above all, though, make sure that if you do use a voice to message um, that it is personal to the person. Yeah. Have you seen yet any of those messages, Mark, where you can tell it's like, Hey, this is Brenda. I'm so glad you joined my network. Please visit my no. YouTube channel to learn more. <laughs> and they're automated. And I'm like, then I just feel like I'm just like, you know, a, a cattle in, in line with other people that you're just pushing this message out to. So make it personal. I remember the first time I went to try to use the the voice message and I did this. I said, Hey, Brenda, comma, new line, new line. Uh, oh, wait a minute. I'm recording. It. It's just because I'm so used to doing that with speak the text. I was putting in new lines and commas and it's so hysterical. And I, I let it go anyways, because I thought the person could kick out of it and they go, why'd you yeah. do that? I'm like, I could have deleted it, but I'm like, Hey, I brought a smile kind of to your funny. face, right? <laughs> yeah. And you can only do the voice messages from the phone. So if anybody is listening and they're like, Hey, I want to try that out. You have to use the LinkedIn mobile app um, to do the voice. You can try it, you know, and give it a try and, and, see if you like it. Um, I think one limitation of that is that, you know, I like to read the messages. So if I'm pulling them up, um, 
And if if you're in an office where you don't want to have to play the message for everybody else to hear, you got to go plug your headphones in. Yep. <laughs> my husband will be like, can you turn that down? You know, so you got to think about the annoyance factor sometimes with playing those audio messages, too. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap up, is there any last minute tips you want to give us about how to be effective using LinkedIn? Yeah, I would say go on LinkedIn today. Whenever you're listening to this, whatever the today is, go on LinkedIn today and say that you listened to this podcast featuring Mark Struchewski and Brenda Meller. Tag both of us in the post. Tell us something that you learned. And we will reply back and we'll help to jumpstart that algorithm for you. We'll get some good conversations started there. That's a big common mistake people have is they're not posting regularly on LinkedIn and they don't know what to post. So I'm going to say you should be posting at least once per week minimum, ideally once every business day. But if you haven't posted in a long time, use this podcast as content. Go on LinkedIn and type in a message and just tag us both in there and we will comment back. You'll feel good. You get the little the likes and the reactions and the comments. You'll get a little burst of, of, of smile in there. <laughs> I love that because people ask me, Mark, how, long, how many times do you post? I, my posting two to three times a day on my profile, one is a live twice on my Mr. Productivity page and once on my Mark Stuchowski podcast page. And people go, that's too much. And I said, mm-hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk actually says 15 times a day. He says, yeah. if you have 100,000 people, th- th- they're not going to see all your posts. They're, my wife yeah. can't see all my posts. And as long as you're giving value, don't post for the sake of posting. If you've yeah. got something of value, and I can tell you, my reach is the same whether I go live or video mm-hmm. or image. As long as I'm leading with value, I've never had anyone complain. If they do, I'll just take Gary's advice to say, then then follow me then. Because yeah, but th- I, what I would say is Gary's got 5 million followers. You, you've got 9,000 followers. Mm-hmm. So I would just be careful. You should have lied to have 9 million. Well, you should have 9 million and you will build that up. But I would, I kind of like, I mean, personally, I've got 40,000, 42,000. And I post once a day. If I do a live, I might post twice a day, a live and then a post by itself too. But um, as long as you're getting engagement, um, I think that works well. And I I like, I like Gary's advice, but I think it, it comes from a person who has 5 million followers. And he probably didn't post 20 times a day when he had 10,000 followers or 20,000 followers. He was well, interesting. If you go look at the video on YouTube, yeah. he's talking to someone who only has a couple thousand. He said, you need to post yeah. 10 to 15. He says, you, yeah. he actually takes a step farther. He Now, I count my comments, my value-added comments. Mm-hmm. I don't mean yeah. emojis or great posts, Brenda. I mean value-added comments. I count those yeah. as my content as well. He says you should use LinkedIn like Twitter, and you should say, hey, I listened to this podcast with Mark and Brendan. I got this value out of it. And he says, you should yeah. do that throughout the day. And I don't recommend that. I don't recommend he recommends it. And don't tell anybody. You've got 1,000 people. Do it. And I think yeah. what you got to do is find out with yourself. So if you do 10, 15 times a day and you're getting backlash and maybe ease up, no one's going to put you in jail if you post too much. As long, I think, if you're leading with value. There yeah. are people I follow. Like, I very rarely see your stuff on my profile. I have to actually go to your profile to see your stuff. I want to mm-hmm. see your stuff. But LinkedIn yeah. gives me all these real estate listings. I don't want to see those. And so I'm always unfollowing these people or hiding the post because I want to see your stuff, but I don't see your stuff. And I yeah. think that's one of the most frustrating things because I don't know how they're coming up with the the timeline, the feed on LinkedIn. The algorithm, I mean, basically the algorithm, you can retrain it. So what you're doing is the right thing, Mark. If you're seeing, you're not seeing posts from people that you want to see more regularly, go to their timeline, start to like and comment on a few of them, and it will retrain the algorithm. And okay. stop if you know if you don't like Gary Vaynerchuk's post, stop interacting with those. You don't have to un- unfollow him. That's but, how you retrain um, it. Okay. Yeah, and you can also if you go into your homepage feed, there's a way that you can change what you see. If you go into on the desktop version, 
at the very top under start a post, it will say sort by top. You can change that drop down to sort by recent and you will see different people. Okay. And that's another way of trying to retrain the algorithm. But yeah, unfollowing people is one, but going on intentionally and liking and commenting on their posts, um, that will help you to see more posts from those people. Ignoring the people that you don't want to see, the mortgage people, the insurance people, no offense to any of those people. (laughs) But um, that will remove it. And I mean, basically, LinkedIn's goal is to keep you on their site longer. They're going to do that by serving up content that is getting a lot of engagement. And they're also going to do that by giving you um, content that you are more likely to engage with. So hopefully a couple of those tips help you guys out. Yes. So where can we find you online? I know you're going to tell us LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) So what I tell people is uh, Brenda Meller, it's M-E, so it's like Keller, but with an M, Brenda Meller on any of the major social media platforms, or you can look me up Meller Marketing. And if you're looking to do uh, business with or have somebody work with you on your social media, definitely look them up on those platforms. You'll get a good sense of their strengths on the network and, um, you know, hopefully some insights into what they can do to help you. So little spoiler alert, if you look in my about section, I give you some LinkedIn strategy tips. <laughs> okay. Well, you gave us a lot to think about on this show. I, I'm going to fix that headshot. So I'll let you know when I do that. And uh, I really appreciate you being on the show today, sharing your insights with us. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much, Mark. It was a pleasure. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my upcoming live training on Friday, August 14th at noon Eastern, Technology and Your Productivity. You can register by clicking the link in the show notes or the banner of MrProductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.